in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hello, everybody. Um, it was a great speech. It was a terrific speech. Congratulations to President Trump, really. And um, I think I think he can do it again. I think he's going to do it again. Uh, I saw a better Donald Trump last night. I saw a Donald Trump who has so much accomplishment to point to, of course. Um, I saw a slightly different tone, which I thought was... Um, a very smart move, and it actually emphasizes his achievements more when he de-emphasizes his personality a little bit, just a little bit. Look, I'm not one of these guys who has a million critiques of uh, of uh, President Trump. He's an amazing person. He knows what he's doing. He's a genius. Just a couple of little things, and it looks to me like he's doing those little things. Tom Brady has a coach, right? People need coaches, and uh, I think he's getting some uh, really good advice. Uh, I have a feeling, actually, there was one piece of advice I tried to make known to him. And uh, I, who knows, maybe he got it. Who remembers Rocky? Well, first of all, let's, uh, let's do this. Uh, cut 14. Here we go. America was prospering and our country was on track for an amazing future because I made big promises to the American people. And unlike other presidents, I kept my promises. I kept something is wrong with their thinking under Biden and the radical Democrats. America has been mocked, derided and brought to its knees, perhaps like never before. But we are here tonight to declare that it does not have to be this way. I will ensure that Joe Biden does not receive four more years in 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, and my fellow citizens, America's comeback starts right now. All right. Uh, Weird about the part where did he announce his candidacy in that clip? I didn't actually hear that. I announced my candidacy for the president of the United States. Uh, Let's try cut 15. Now we have a president who falls asleep at global conferences was held in contempt by the British Parliament over Afghanistan. Thanks to the words of wisdom, he said thank you to the wrong country for inviting him to a major summit on the environment, of all things. They fly for days to get there, and then he calls the country a name that was actually a country on another continent. (laughs) And he's leading us to the brink of nuclear war, a concept unimaginable just... Two short years ago, you cannot mention the nuclear word. It's too devastating. The Green New Deal and the environment, which they say may affect us in 300 years, is all that is talked about. And yet nuclear weapons, which would destroy the world immediately, are never even discussed as a major threat. Can you imagine? All right. Let me just try something here. Let's just do a little bit of an experiment. Uh, 
uh, can I pull this off? I think I can. I got 85 pieces of paper here telling me uh, what Trump said. All of them are wrong, by the way. That's fine. So I will leave it to myself to find Donald Trump declaring for president, and I believe I have done it in two seconds, like anybody. I don't know who works the midnight shift, but uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go, everybody. I shall take care of this myself. One, two, three, go. And it's a word you don't use, two words. I don't want to be Joe. It's two words, American dream. That was not good what he did. A lot of bad things like going to Idaho and saying, welcome to the state of Florida. I really love it. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. Now, that's what I was looking for. All right. Well, thanks for this. Anyway, he did it. And he should. I'm glad. Now, uh, it was a subdued, not subdued, that's not the right word. It was a more controlled, organized Donald Trump that we saw last night. A more controlled and organized Donald Trump. Slightly less with the, yeah, you know, he didn't, he toned down that. Which was good, even though I liked it. I think, you know, and again, because without the energy, without the over-the-top energy, you were left to, you had more time to appreciate what he was talking about. Now, he did talk a little bit too long. And I would say, I'm going to go through it. i got to listen to the whole speech again. There were like three times where he went off on a couple of tangents. And there's this one that he really likes. uh, He always talks about, we have blue ribbon commissions and they are a waste of time. And these socialites love to be on them. I don't think there's anybody in um, in Wisconsin or Michigan who talks about socialites, right? I know what they are. You know what they are. It's a New York thing. It's a Miami thing. I just don't think it's a it's an American thing. And he, for whatever reason, he doesn't like these socialites anymore. They, he, he had his time wasted too much by socialites, and they can waste your time. But he spoke about them too long. What else did he do? He just a couple of little, uh, you know, he just kind of riffed a bit. Uh, if you can make that one-hour speech, a half-hour speech, I think you got a winning speech. However, keep this in mind: June sixteenth, twenty fifteen, it was a one-hour speech. <laughs> it was it was long, um, and he got dinged for that. And he's getting dinged for this one too. Fascinating, though, for all these people who are saying, "Oh gosh, you know, Republicans are a threat to democracy." MSNBC this morning would not show you the speech. They would not show you the speech. Because they said, oh, it's a number one, it's a threat to democracy, and uh, he's, uh, everything he says is a lie, And uh, but they wouldn't show you the speech. So I said, okay, well, maybe I can go find a copy of the speech myself. I can read it. You can't find a transcript. It's very hard to find a transcript of that speech. Um, it's funny how somehow censorship is now okay with democracy. Doris Kearns Goodwin, uh, who's a plagiarist, by the way. Anybody who know who I'm talking about, Doris Kearns Goodwin, she wrote, uh, I think she was Lyndon Johnson's girlfriend for a little while. I think they were, uh, was that true? Anyway, she was in the Johnson White House. She's written a couple of uh, silly books, and they are silly. Uh, They're just not real history. It's just this gloss over stuff. It's, it's, It's just not real history. And... She actually copies a lot. She got busted. So she's going on on MSNBC about, oh, democracy won last Tuesday. Democracy won last Tuesday. I don't buy it. I, I, I just, I don't, I think it was totally undemocratic. You know how I feel about the vote. 
the mail-in voting, and that leaves me very concerned, actually, about what's going to happen in two years. They could do it again. I don't trust mail-in voting, and it's for good reason I don't trust mail-in voting, right? I mean, Jimmy Carter said we can't trust mail-in voting. I don't know how we get around that. I'm also concerned about these idiots. Sorry, I don't like the idiots. Um, um, uh, Let's see. Um, um, Naive children ages 18 to, say, 26 who seem totally fired up about all that woke stuff. They love it. And it used to be that they were political when it was convenient. They just couldn't get dressed and show up to a vote on Election Day. It was just to... No, they, they wouldn't do that. Now that we take the ballots to the people, you know, that, that that some college activist is going to be spreading out ballots all over the place, and it's just easy to fill them out. And if you don't want to fill them out, they'll fill them out for you. The youth vote has been mobilized, and that, that worries me. But uh, back to Trump. Let me know what you thought. I thought, uh, let's just see. It was good, 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 good. It was all good. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything here that... Went on a little bit. This is a strong moment. Cut 18, please. Cut 18. But just as I promised in 2016, I am your voice. I am your voice. The Washington establishment wants to silence us, but we will not let them do that. What we have built together over the past six years is the greatest movement in history because it is not about politics. It's about our love for this great country, America, and we're not going to let it fail. I am running because I believe the world has not yet seen the true glory of what this nation can be. We have not reached that pinnacle, believe it or not. In fact, we can go very far. We're going to have to go far. First, we have to get out of this ditch. And once we're out, you'll see things that Nobody imagined for any country. It's called the United States of America, and it's an incredible place. Well, I agree with him. Look, I know there are a lot of people out there. Well, what about DeSantis? You know, he doesn't have the baggage. Well, he actually does. Uh, the media, they're already trying to portray him as a fascist, and he does not. He's not as uh, agile as Donald Trump. Um, Glenn Youngkin has not even been governor of Virginia for one year, not one calendar year. And what's he going to do to say that he's a viable candidate? Uh, What can he point to? He can't point to his business career. He doesn't want anybody knowing about all that stuff, hedge fund stuff, Carlisle Group stuff. No, he can't talk about that. Uh, Have you heard anything that great coming out of Virginia lately? No, it's going to be Trump. He's the one. You know, he basically reset politics in America. All right. This everything that's happening and I think, quite frankly, is chaotic. And, you know, he unleashed so much of this. And I know it seems like maybe that's not your cup of tea, but he brought he kind of lifted the veil. He lifted the veil and we can all see we can all see the corruption. We can see the good and the bad. I think it's he was a force for good. He is a force for good. He deserves this. He deserves it. They took it from him, you know. I do believe there were big-time problems with the election, obviously. Did you hear when he said he got more votes, more votes than any sitting president in United States history? I noticed he did not talk about the election in a negative way, as in what they did against him, but he 
How about that right then and there? But Joe Biden from the basement gets more votes than any person in history. Who, by the way, Joe Biden runs around saying the American people rejected him. Uh, the failed president, you know, the the, the loser. Pre- no, they didn't. 74 million votes. I think it's very valid in America to raise hmm, concerns and doubts that Joe Biden from his basement, somehow more black people in Philadelphia voted for him than for Barack Obama. That is incredible to me. Incredible as in, I don't believe it. I just don't. I don't. And I think you're very naive if you do. So where does that leave us? Two years. I actually like that it's two years. You could say it's too early. It's a long time. This is a marathon. I think he had to get in now to discourage the Republic, other Republicans. And also this confirms that Joe Biden will run again. As unlikely as that seemed just a couple of weeks ago, I think this confirms it. This and he can say, Biden can say, I'm the only one who can beat him. I beat him once. So it's going to be Biden. It's going to be Biden versus Trump. Uh, that's an exciting matchup. And I don't. Now, then again, all the conditions that we have seen all around us, so horrible, so bad, yet we had such poor performance during the midterms. I heard Mark Levin say the real red wave is perhaps he's not making predictions. He doesn't like to do that as in 2024. And there are indications. There are a lot of good things that happened in this election. And it's official, right? Is It's official. We got the House. And he pointed out to Congressman, hey, I'll tell you something else, though. There is one great big snake in the grass, and his name is Mike Pence. Did you see him on Fox and Friends this morning? A nauseating character, and I just bought his book. What a self-righteous and self-serving guy. I'm going to hit him with all the stuff that he did not include in the book that he's glossing over. Uh, Tonight's going to be a very special night. More when I come back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, boy. Hey, that missile, some missile hit Poland, right? I think it came from uh, the Ukrainian side. They fired it by mistake. Mark Milley is on it. Oh, General Milley. Shouldn't he be off uh, studying white rage? Here he is right now at the Pentagon. In terms of probability, uh, the probability of a Ukrainian military victory defined as kicking the Russians out of all of Ukraine to include what they define or what they claim is Crimea, to the probability of that happening anytime soon is not high. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for the good news there, uh, General. You know what the probability of Russia invading Ukraine was with Donald Trump in office? The guy you stabbed in the front, back, tripped up any way you could, you mutinous traitor. The probability was zero. Everybody knows that. The American people know that. You. And there you are with Lloyd Austin. The two bozos who helped us lose in Afghanistan. Wow. Now you're, yeah, no kidding. The the probability that Ukraine is going to win anytime soon is low. Thanks for the good news, Chief. 
I don't know what what he's even doing at the podium, by the way. You know what? The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, it's a really big title, but he is the military advisor to the president. Why don't you keep your mouth shut and just advise the president? All right? Let somebody else do this. Somebody else can go to the uh, – and, and seriously, I, I, we should not take time away from you and your your race studies, okay, your pursuit of uh, racial justice and social justice and all that stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, shouldn't you be mentoring um, junior officers who don't look like you, right? Isn't that what you're – yeah, right, all that stuff? Shouldn't you be fighting uh, that junk science uh, implicit bias, right, has no – Right? Shouldn't you be honoring the memory of George Floyd, General Floyd, uh, General uh, Milley, huh? Right? Wow. I don't understand how you have the time to think about Ukraine, to think about Poland. How about that? And maybe uh, after you're done at your uh, White Rage seminar, you can have lunch with Mike Pence. Woo, Mike Pence. What a horrible book. I cannot believe it. I got to tell you, I am really surprised. I am, actually. That this man, the vice president, who was there on January 6th, did not show a shred of curiosity about what the what the hell really happened on January 6th. He was there. I bought his book. I'm going through it right now. He reports on January 6th like he's a January 6th uh, staffer. You know, he's just all that all that fake news. We've already heard about it. I applaud the Capitol Police for standing their post. Are you serious? I saw the Capitol Police walk off the job just before Ashley Babbitt was shot. And you didn't report on it. But I see Fox News gave you the kiss-ass treatment. Cut 30, please. Uh, so many Republicans had urged the former president, your running mate, uh, wait until after Georgia because they want that Senate seat in Republican hands. He did not. Any idea why? Well, that'd be a good question for him, Steve. I... I uh, uh, I couldn't be more excited about the fact that uh, House Republicans are going to secure a majority. Kevin McCarthy's going to be the next speaker. Wow, he sounds House really, and, really uh, excited, doesn't he, right? That's a question for him. That doesn't cut it anymore. That does not cut it. You ain't going to be president. You have no place, no place on the national stage. After this little uh, this little book is over, which I did download, and I am reading, uh, and I'm not impressed at all. Let's see here. Now, another thing, and I got to, maybe I could ask you guys about this. You know I'm a Christian, and you know I read the Bible, and I do talk about it. But I don't stop at work six times a day and pray like he does. At the moment of truth, he gathers everybody around and pr- I'm like, I don't know if it works that way. Maybe it does, actually. Seriously, I'm I'm still on my Christian journey. I'm still growing. Hey, Carmine from Long Island, is this how it works? Do you stop and do it publicly all the time? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, again, very strong speech, highlighting all of his accomplishments at home and abroad, uh, delivered in an organized, methodical uh, fashion and a stinging rebuke of Joe Biden's failures, I, I just thought it was very good. And also it was measured, it was restrained, and therefore the speech kind of, I don't know, it just sang somehow. Uh, Mike Huckabee, I heard him say it was uh, pitch perfect. Uh, I did say a couple of little things, you know, maybe a couple of tangents here and there that I think we could have done without. But what? I, and let me finish my thought from earlier. Rocky II, who remembers Rocky I? You know, Rocky gets his big chance, almost beats Apollo Creed. 
Uh, and Rocky too, he's basically, you know, he's down and out again. He got 30 grand from the fight. He goes through that pretty quick because he buys that silly car, a Trans Am and the jacket with the tiger on the back and a new house. And, um, and, you know, he, he's basically illiterate. He's got some problems. And, uh, but, and so does Apollo Creed. He just harasses him publicly. He's chicken, the Italian chicken and goads Rocky back into the ring who reunites with Mickey and, uh, they're training. And Mickey says, look, rock this bastard. We got to get that. And do you remember what happened? Do you remember they changed their entire strategy? He went from Southpaw to right handed and he said, this is going to confuse Apollo. And uh, he was right. It, it would change the game. It's going to confuse Apollo. And then at the last minute, you can switch. That's a crummy Burgess Meredith, but I'm trying. Um, so I saw some of that. I saw some signs of that. All right. Let me find out from you guys. Uh, John in Staten Island. Yes. Hey, Greg. It, the, the speech last night was 100% on everything about America, everything uh, that the Democrats have already destroyed and what we need to fix. And the thing is, listen, everybody who's a caller, if you feel like doing something, you're not happy, find your candidate. If not, I'm sorry. The speech was great, and he's looking to put things together. And the other thing is, when the House comes in, you know why Trump didn't accomplish anything? Paul Ryan, that rhino, (laughs) sat back and didn't pass anything through that we could have done. We could have reformed uh, health care. We could have done a whole bunch of things. Yep. But I don't even know how Paul Ryan's still in the thing because, you know what, he looks like Liz Cheney with a wig on, and except he's, he, he's a little bit 100, 100 pounds uh, less. He, he needs to eat a little more turkey. That's the one and thing about Liz Paul Ryan. He's in great shape, and he's making big bucks right now. He's out of office, and uh, he collects big bucks uh, sharing conventional wisdom about politics what a disappointment he was. And I'll tell you something. You know, Donald Trump was one of the few guys at that level who genuinely wanted Mitt Romney to win in 2012. Now, I hear Mitt Romney is saying nasty things about Trump again. He did not want Trump to win in 2016. He voted for Hillary Clinton. So many of these guys, they just they're voting. You know, oh, he's not good for business, their business. What about the business of the country? What about the business of the country? Thank you, sir. Chuck. Oh, you're down in West Palm. Right, uh, pretty close to Mar-a-Lago, right? Chucky, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, yes, very close. Um, we're getting hit with some bad weather lately, but um, we'll, we'll see. All right, so what's up? Uh, okay, uh, Greg, the problem is it's never addressed. It's immigration. Immigration rebuilt the Democratic Party. And the way it, the immigration, the whole world's coming here, and they vote Democrat. I don't want to hear people tell me this or that. I mean, California's gone up there in New York where I was born, gone, um, and they rebuilt it. Hey, wait a second. I'm not going to – one thing, though, no one's addressing it. It's like the burning issue of our times. And I – not only me, but some other prominent conservatives have been saying that uh, why is this happening? Well – Globalists want the cheap labor, and Democrats want the votes. And uh, they can portray not that they actually would vote Democrat. Some of these people, by the way, are pretty. <laughs> hey, we love people who come here legally from all over the world. I don't care where you're from. You want to come to America legally and uh, take an oath, and you support our values as a country? Absolutely. The most beautiful event, moment, at, uh, that I can remember, really, from, I don't know, it's one of my favorite moments ever. 
when those people from all over the world took the citizenship oath during the Republican National Convention in the um, in the White House. And anyway, they were there. Uh, one was a woman was from India. Somebody's from South America. It was just really great. Anyway, so, Chuck, I do think people are talking about it. But you think uh, what all's lost? Well, you do. They come here legally and they vote de- Democratic. It's a fact. That's just a, that's just a problem, and that's it. It's they vote Democratic. They vote for the big candy bars and all the goodies. Hey, hold on a second. And- wait, 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 wait. I mean, I mean, just like look, the problem is the illegal immigration and the way I do believe they can portray people as voting Democrat. Okay, legal immigrants. I've never seen anything that indicates they they vote one way or the other. To be honest, I I don't know. Uh, you, you I, live I, in New York State. Hey, really, York yeah, yeah, Chuck, 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 Chuck. We're talking about legal yeah. immigrants, and you know what? Yeah. If you want to paint with a broad brush, all right. And there are people from all over the world here. Yes, I know it's crazy left has been for a long time, uh, but I'm not blaming one class of people for that. And uh, the doors of America. Uh, well, we have a wall, right? We have a wall and we have a great, big, beautiful door. I think that's how President Trump uh, put it. And I want to see people come here legally, not illegally, not illegally. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, yeah. Oh, back to Mike Pence for a moment. So here's something. Here he is. <laughs> Tell me if this is a little bit much. And you've heard me talk about my faith openly, right? And I'm, I... Look, I share it because, quite frankly, it's our mission, I do believe, to, to, to share it, to spread the good news. But I do find it a little bit off-putting how self-righteous Mike Pence is. And here's an example. Now, maybe I'm being too hard on him, but here he is on January 6th. He's at the Capitol. As my staff was making its way toward the Senate floor, Tim Scott asked, Is there anything we can do for you? I had met with him when he was a young state legislator in South Carolina. He had come to an event where I was speaking, and he said he wanted to meet me, as he was a fellow conservative and a Christian. I have taken great satisfaction seeing his deserved rise, deserved rise through the House and Senate. Pray for me, I said. You want to pray now, Tim asked. At that, my staff said, "Uh, Sir, we don't have the time. The senators are all in their seats waiting for you. I smiled and said, There's always time for prayer. And so we all bowed our heads as Tim appealed to heaven to help us finish that trying day. I will always be grateful for that moment of grace. Uh, it's a little bit much. It's a little, by my count, that's the seventh time he had a, like a prayer moment. I pray to myself, I pray, pray quietly all the time. And I think there is obviously moments and occasions to, uh, to pray together and come together. Church, you know, things like, but, but to do it throughout the day. When there's really pressing stuff going on, I don't know. I I, I don't know. And tell me if I'm wrong for uh, pointing that out. There's other weird stuff in this book. I can't believe that he's giving the Capitol Police a pass, that he's not talking about Ashley Babbitt, and he's basically going around talking about himself as a uh, as a hero and doing anything he can to undermine Trump. Speaking of which, uh, Fox News uh, on the Fox and Friends morning show, cut 38. He still does talk about how the election was stolen and rigged and things like that. Um, now, you know, he has announced, you may announce next next year, you're going to talk to Karen, who is just behind camera two right now. Um, but you're going to need money. And in particular, anybody who runs for president needs a lot of money. 
The mega donors, uh, so far, it, it doesn't look like they're back behind Donald Trump. Ken Griffin, uh, the CEO at Citadel, has said he would back Ron DeSantis. This morning, Axios has got a story that uh, Steve Schwarzman, the guy behind Blackstone, worth billions of dollars, he's defecting. Uh, he said it's time for a new generation of leadership. I intend to support one of them, the new generational leadership in the presidential primaries he they all say we want somebody who is electable do you feel mr vice president obviously hey, you would feel he's a fault. little bit long-winded don't you think Ducey, we like Ducey, but i mean goodness gracious and have you watched that show lately i see the other cast kind of like become visibly uncomfortable whenever they're waiting for somebody else to speak that happens a lot on that program keep going the rest please Obviously, you would feel you're electable. Do you think the former president is electable? Well, I think that's for the American people to decide. But what do you think? Good for you. Good. Hey, wait, Steve. Good for you, Steve. Good. Good. That's the doocy I like. Now, what do you think? Enough with the spin. Enough with the, what do you think? And what do they say next? Leave it to them. And I take issue with at least one premise of your question. Um, Candidates don't need money. They, They need people. They need support. And if we proved anything in 2016, when every single poll, every single pundit, uh, and a lot of those people in the establishment all said that we couldn't win, Mm -hmm. we won the election. And that's because... uh, uh, They raise a lot more. No, I think it's because... uh, And and I learned this on the campaign trail with Donald Trump. It's because the American people were tired. They were tired of being told by an establishment in Washington, D.C., tired of being told this is as good as it gets, tired of being told that their values were antiquated and had no place in America anymore, tired of being told, as Ronald Reagan said, that a little intellectual elite in a far distant capital could plan our lives better for us than we can plan them ourselves. And tapping into that. And okay, this voice- is all great, but I'll point out, you know, he's kind of like a, they said we couldn't win. Hey, you showed up at the last minute, pal. All right. You showed up in the summer of 2016. Trump chose you. He wanted a uh, a true blue conservative. He could have picked a lot of people. A lot of people fit the bill. He chose you. All right. But you did not make Donald Trump and he did not win because of you. And he got that nomination without you, without you. We know all that stuff. We know it. Listen to this part. Cut 32. You feel at the time during those four years the president was being unnecessarily divisive? No, you know, look, the Republican voters and then the American people elected Donald Trump, and I think he was the right man at the right time for America. Uh, I joined that ticket in 2016, Brian, without hesitation, because I thought the country was in a lot of trouble, and it was. Can you even imagine if we'd have had four years of Hillary Clinton in the White House? The Supreme Court alone would have been lost to the left for generations. Uh, and Donald Trump was elected not just because of, of his agenda, but but because of that style. People very much wanted that style to confront an establishment in Washington, D.C. that wasn't listening to the American people anymore. Now, I believe we're in a different season in the life of the nation. And uh, I don't know what role uh, my family and I will play in that debate over the next two years. We'll sort that out in the days ahead. But I hear people say we want to get back to the policies that I, I, I write about, and so help me God. I'm incredibly proud of what we accomplished in that season. But I do sense that uh, 
we'll have better choices and, and leadership that will unite the people around those timeless American values. All right. Uh, I already know how this is going to turn out. He can't walk this line. It's too, uh, no, people, I remember people close to me have been scoffing at this. To hear him slam Trump yet embrace the policies, it's too, no. And you can tell he doesn't have much of a, a personality. That is part of it. It's not all of it, of course, but there's something to it. He can't answer any question. He can't give you a straight answer. He's like, well, that's up for the American people to decide. It's just a little bit too, in a weird way, it's too smooth. It's too kind of like uh, practiced. It's too, it's inauthentic. It's inauthentic. Uh, let's see. How about this? In his book, over the next few hours, this is on January 6th, I spoke to the acting Secretary of Defense, Christopher C. Miller, and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Milley, both of whom assured me that the National Guard had been mobilized and would be on the scene shortly. I spoke to the acting Attorney General, Jeffrey Rosen, and his staff about adding Justice Department personnel, and then I was told... Uh, that I was told were already on the scene and more were to come. And I talked to the chief of the Capitol Police, Stephen Sund, who gave me an update on the riots and the lengths that his officers were going to to secure the Capitol. So he's calling everybody in the a lot of people in the swamp. He's not calling Trump because that's a phony issue, by the way. Like you you have a situation at the Capitol. Like, Mr. President, we have a situation here and uh, uh, I see a fist fight right outside the door. Can you help me with that? No, that's not how it works. It's not supposed to work that way. It doesn't work that way. They falsely said it was supposed to work that way in the January 6th hearing, right? Um, no, I don't like him. And I really, quite frankly, am seeing deception in his book. You know, he's got a lot of chutzpah to put, uh, so help me God on the book, talking about all these prayer vigils he's having left and right. Uh, every chapter starts with a Bible verse. And um, I see a crafty career politician at work, actually, a crafty career politician um, glossing over anything potentially negative. Uh, he's a hero. Just ask him, when are we going to have somebody of stature in this country? I mean, uh, with power and clout, part of the establishment, maybe. Start really talking about January 6th. Why was it guarded with bicycle racks? Why did they kill Ashley Babbitt? Why did those police just stand there as they walked in? Why? <laughs> you realize in those wimps at Fox, they won't do it. They don't do it. I do it. I do it almost every night. We're going to pretend and this silly report is going to come out. And guess what it's going to do? It's going to criticize Trump and everybody else is off the hook. No, not in America. I, I will not see a woman, man, anybody get murdered on television and just drop it. That's not happening. Hey, here's something else. You know, Mr. Holy Roller there calls John Eastman a crank lawyer. C-R-A-N-K. That's a pretty nasty thing to say about anybody. A crank, right? What, is he not a real lawyer? Is he bogus? Hey, he went to the University of Chicago Law School. He's a law professor. Uh, I, I believe that... I be, where did he go? He went to in, upstairs Indianapolis College of Law. Congratulations, Mike Pence. Upstairs Indianapolis College of Law. Is that a joke? Actually, it is. He, he didn't go there. He went somewhere. He, where did he go to law school? Um, he went to some some place not as prestigious as University of Chicago. And, you know, they just so villainized Donald Trump. That he had he had a hard time getting lawyers on his side. Hey, thank God he had Rudy, and he still has Rudy. I'll be right back. 
Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Uh, I did look it up. Mike Pence went to McKinley Law School. Never heard of that? Neither have I. Uh, McKinley Law School. And it is ranked. It is, uh, ooh, hey, pretty good. It's in the top 100 law schools. 98. It's the 98th law school in America. How many law schools in America can there be? Anyway, it's 98. Uh, let's see. Um, he was making fun of a crank lawyer. He called John Eastman a crank lawyer. He went to University of Chicago. What's that ranked? Number three. Number three in the nation. Let's see. New York University Law School. That's where Rudy went, by the way. Uh, Law school ranked. Let's see about that. Ranked uh, number seven. Top ten law school in the country. Mike Pence going around (laughs) pointing his finger, calling people cranks because he disagrees with them. So, you know, Mike Pence says, oh, I was not, I could not, I could not, not certify that election. I could not. Well, actually, you could have. I didn't even go to law school. You know, the Constitution is actually a pretty accessible document. It's made for people. It's made for lay people. And the Electoral Count Act of 1887, I looked it up, and just because Mark Short, swamp guy, told him one thing, well, we disagree. So the whole idea of sending, you know, the electoral votes are, you know, first they collect them in the state capitol. And there's, I guess they're certified and they send them to the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. And they're in a box and they open the box and they count them and then they certify those. And then you have your president elect. And that's what was going down on January 6th. Now, what happens if you find out, say, the votes in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, the capital of Pennsylvania, what if you found out on January 6th that um, – let's what's a scenario? Let's pretend that all of the uh, legislators in Harrisburg, they all had their children kidnapped. Or let's say one guy had his child kidnapped and held them for ransom and said, don't call the police. Uh, Legislator Jones, uh, you must make sure all those electoral votes are for uh, Joe Biden. All right? And if you mess around with it, if you change it, well, you know what's going to happen. All right. Don't tell anybody uh, your kid's life is in danger. Wow. Now, imagine if that came to light. Imagine if on January 6th that comes to light, that that actually went down. Is it Vice President Mike Pence? Is it is it his solemn duty to accept those electoral votes? Of course it isn't. Of course it isn't. He said, obviously, those that, that that's a fraudulent certification. Fraudulent certification, just because it's certified doesn't mean it's sanctified. It's something that uh, Mr. Uh, McKinley Law School graduate uh, uh, Mike Pence could not get his brain around. He just could not fathom. They didn't know, and he just loved saying he just wanted to be on the side of the swamp. The swamp is telling me there are no options here, so I will I'll do my duty under the No, no, no. And he has this, you know, again, the self-righteousness. This uh, It's sickening. It is sickening. Good luck with the book. I'm not done reading it. Uh, It is an eye-opener. Anyway, the headline is Donald Trump is back in the game. Two years to go. And I'm already seeing, I'm seeing, forget the fake news. Although, hey, we got to help. The fake news barely covered it. And they're, well, they're writing about it. They're criticizing it left and right. Just like they did, actually, in 2015. The ridicule was so intense. They said he was a clown. They said there was no chance. And, 
Well, the rest is history. And history is being made right now. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. There they are, just kissing uh, Mike Pence's butt there on the Fox show. Not only this morning, but last night. He's doing a great big town hall. Hey, um, come to think of it, didn't Mike Pence push gay conversion therapy, which is like this noxious, horrible, traumatizing, and totally doesn't even work so-called therapy? Some people think it's torture. Uh, You can't change that. I, I know of no reputable person who believes that. And um, I just, yes, actually, actually, looks like Mike Pence was in favor of this. Let's see here. There's a statement when he was running for the House of Representatives back in the year 2000. Congress should support in the reauthorization of the Ryan White Act after only completion of an audit to ensure that federal dollars were no longer being given to organizations that celebrate and encourage the types of behaviors that facilitate the spreading of HIV virus. Resources should be directed. And by the way, look, uh, I'm all for that. Uh, you should not be, uh, I'm, 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 uh, but hold on. Here's the, here's the, here's the, okay. oh, yes, here we go. The resources should be directed toward those institutions which provide assistance to those seeking to change their sexual behavior. Well, that's, um. Gay conversion therapy, and it's uh, illegal, I think, in um, plenty of states, and uh, with good reason. It can mess people up for the rest of their lives. Mike Pence is uh, was all for that, huh? Hmm. And the other thing about Mike Pence, uh, well, he's just being embraced by the fake news because he's going after Trump. In his own way, he's going along with this silly January 6th. We've heard it. We've been lied to now 10,000 times about January 6th. And even he won't tell us the truth. The guy who was right there, he was right there in the middle of it. Even he is covering up for everybody. I can't believe it. A guy of his, what does he have to lose? Hey, Mike, you're not going to be president. All right. You know, that's just not going to happen. No way. No way. You don't have it. You don't have it. You got lucky. Somehow you think you were picked on your merit. No, you got lucky. Like most vice presidents, by the way, they're picked out of the blue. Richard Nixon famously said famously said that a vice president cannot help you get elected. It can only hurt you and prevent you from not being elected. So you've got to be very careful. So they often go for a milk toast, bland, uh, do-no-harm candidate. And that's you, Mike Pence. Uh, let's see here. In his book, thanks to the swift efforts of the U.S. Capitol Police, federal, state, and local law enforcement, the violence was quelled. Huh? What the What did you even No, no. U.S. Capitol Police. And I will document it tonight. And I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send him. A, what can I do? Send him a link. I'll send him a link. I'll send his office a link. Does he have an office? I'll send it a link and I'll say, Mike, three questions. You see this cop in the front of the Capitol actively waving and directing people on. Can you figure out what was going on there? I figure you have the connections to do so. And why didn't you bring that up in your book? Why didn't you bring it up in your book about these cops just standing by as people walked on by them? And, oh, by the way, the three cops who walked away from the House of Representatives that you claim falsely in the book did not walk off their post. Why did they walk off their post? And why did they allow Ashley Babbitt to get killed? These are the questions that the American people want to know, Mike. Actually, not this pablum that you're pushing. And every time you get the opportunity to answer a question, 
You're like, well, that's not a question for me at this time. Wait a second. Wait a second. Was he semi-candid this morning? Semi-candid? Cut 38, please. This is Mike Pence on the Fox and Friends show. He still does talk about how the election was stolen and rigged and things like that. Um, now, you know, he has announced, you may announce next next year, you're going to talk to Karen, who is just behind camera oh, two right now. Um, but you're going to need money. And in particular, anybody who runs for president needs a lot of money. The mega donors, uh, oh. so far, it, it doesn't look like they're back behind Donald Trump. Ken Griffin, uh, the CEO at Citadel, has said he would back Ron DeSantis. Stop! beef I have with the question. These oligarchs are not in charge of the country. They think they are. A lot of people in the Republican Party think they are. Ken Griffin, who is that? He's a guy who's spending outlandish sums of money, you know, biggest apartment in the world, most expensive apartment, all that kind of stuff. You know why? Well, he's a rich guy, and nobody knows who he is. So he's buying all of this outlandishly expensive stuff, so he becomes a thing. Oh, Ken Griffin, Ken Griffin. Because every time I hear Ken Griffin, I think baseball player, not hedge fund guy. Anyway, enough of this, Ken Griffin. Uh, keep going. This has got a story that uh, Steve Schwartzman, the guy behind Please. Blackstone, worth billions of dollars, he's defecting. Uh, he said it's time for a new generation of hey, leaders. These billionaires can only give so much money, right? Don't we cap it at like $5,000 anyway? This is not about the billionaires. Oh, all right. Enough of that. I re- I know what he said. He says well, he just, again, more pablum, more bland stuff. Back to Donald Trump. Um, again, great speech. Just got to get rid of something. He's got to pare it down just a little bit. Um, and the most important part, I thought, is when he said, I got more votes than any sitting president in the history of this country. We have not gotten to the bottom of that 2020 election. He's not going there. He's not making a big deal out of it. Um, But maybe, well, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Carrie Lake is still fighting it out in Arizona, as she should. I don't trust the results there at all. What happened? What happened? Everybody, everybody uh, ganging up against her. Here's her running mate, Abe Hamaday. He says this. 72% of the votes on Election Day in person were Republican. When you have 30% of the tabulating machines failing, causing people to give up and leave as long lines form, this is voter suppression targeting a political party. But the, the left and the mainstream media says, no, this is democracy, right? This is all a victory for democracy. Whenever they say democracy, get nervous, all right? That's... That's cover for their anti-democratic machinations, and they're, they're, I, 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 that's it. That's code. And uh, and don't forget. Well, it's not really important. Um, I was going to say, what's her name again? That historian that nobody likes who used to copy stuff. Doris Kearns Goodwin, and Michael Beschloss, and all these very intellectually light people telling us about election integrity. And democracy. All they want is status. All they want is power. All they want to do is keep getting invited on that silly, silly Morning Joe show. And Doris Kearns Goodwin is saying that democracy was saved during the midterms. And she's there on that program where Joe Scarborough refuses, refuses to show any of the speech. And we're not going to do that. Too many lies. No, we're not going to show you that. We're not going to show you that. And by the way, it's actually hard to find that speech. 
it's hard to find that speech. Um, I couldn't even find a transcript of the speech. You look back at 2015. Oh, here's back to this shorter speech. It should be shorter. Because I was there in person in 2015, and it was a long speech. I was standing, but it held my interest. And I watched it. I watched it. I watched it. I thought it could have been a little bit quicker. Back then, in 2015, you know how many times I had tweeted in my life? Like uh, 10. I had I had put out 10 tweets in my life. I was not on Twitter. Uh, a lot of people, you know, like, yeah, I had a phone, but I didn't live my life on it. And now things have changed and everything has gotten a little bit faster. And we don't have the tolerance to sit around and watch a one-hour speech. Um, over the past two years, uh, let's see, when was Twitter invented? Twitter was invented in 2009. From 2009 to 2015, I tweeted 10 times. Uh, in the past two and a half years, I've tweeted 10,563 times. That's a lot of tweeting. and But it's also, even if you don't tweet, we don't consume, uh, we don't consume like we used to. You got to be able to do something else while you're doing that. And it's hard to watch something and do other things too, a little bit too long. Hey, Brian, what's the problem real quick in uh, Cleveland, Ohio? Oh, no problem. Uh, happy belated anniversary, first of all. What do you mean? Oh, for, for your wedding. Oh, isn't that something spouses say to each other? I don't know. You said you said it was your anniversary in eleven twelve. How do you forget Happy that anniversary. date? Uh, yeah, but it's a couple of days ago, and I don't know. It's a little bit. It's kind of my business. You know what I mean? You don't. You don't, you, you can't wish me a happy. Well, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm quibbling now. All right. So what's up, Brian? No. Oh, I remember you had a, a radio feud going with Joe Madison a little bit ago. Who? Joe Madison on Sirius Radio. Uh, who the hell is that? He's a guy. He's on the Urban Channel. You played a clip of him. Oh, oh, oh! This is the guy who got upset because I said that the African American Museum in Washington D.C. is basically boring, and uh, I called into question the the wisdom of sending all those uh, uh, those kids from Harlem down there. The NYPD's arranged a special trip, and I thought it was a bad idea, and it would have been a total bust, and I stand by that. And and that guy, what's his name? What's his name? Uh, Joe Madison. He really had a problem with that and said this, that, and the other thing and said I was an awful person. So I thought I'd call him up on the radio and um, and because uh, the clip went, well, not exactly viral, but what the hell. And uh, he just screamed and yelled and wouldn't hear anything, so I had to hang up on him. Yeah, well, I called him this morning to ask him if he had smoothed anything over with you. And he said, let me guess, let me guess. Like, no, I didn't. Greg Kelly. He Wait, I'm trying to, I, I can't, no. Greg, what did he say? He said, he said, he said, Greg Kelly, who's then he figured out? He said, he said, F Greg Kelly. But he, said the other three, <laughs> he said the other three letters. Yeah, yeah, you can do that on serious radio. Well, that was a, yeah. I, I, I'll say again, I, I think he said, I said that it's not worth going to that museum and they're better off going to the uh, Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. And he was like, are you crazy? You can see uh, Chuck Berry's uh, Cadillac. And you can see Dick Gregory's couch. And I'm like, yeah, definitely you need to go to the Smithsonian instead of seeing all that junk. Was it Chuck Berry? Anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, 
All right. Well, thanks for refreshing our memories. Uh, what's the significance? Um, nothing. I just oh, thanks for calling. Yeah, just stick up for me. Yeah, not as much as I could. You know, he said "f you" and then yelled more like he does, and then he hung up on me. Yeah. All right. Anyway, what's going on in Cleveland? What do you think of the speech? Did you watch the speech? I did, actually. Yeah, like you said, a little bit long, a little long, but uh, it was good. All right. Yeah. And, and, and look, it's a long way to go, and I do see signs that he's changing his game in a, just subtle ways. And just like Rocky did in Rocky Two, he went from southpaw to right-handed, then switched back. It was Mickey's idea. And it worked, and I think it can work again. And also, the good thing is, Brian, it's going to ensure that Donald Trump runs against uh, Joe Biden. They know, they know on a gut level that Pete Buttigieg does not beat uh, Donald Trump, unless, of course, they cheat. And I am really worried about that. Brian, thank you very much. Uh, I am really worried about that. I, I just, how do we get back to normal? How do we... Remember, we showed up on Election Day in those great big booths. They were mechanical, and they worked, and all the, these games. I don't trust any of it. I don't. And early voting? Early voting is a scam. I think it's a huge scam. I don't want my vote in possession of the government for that long. No way. 6 a.m. polls open. They close at 9. I want the results, you know, right away. Uh, we have screwed ourselves. You think if you think this is good for democracy, you are wrong. Max in Manhattan, yes, welcome back. Yes, Greg, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm glad to hear what Trump said last night, but um, he, like uh, like anyone else, is going to be involved with competition. He doesn't see his uh, his faults. Um, just like someone getting into the UFC, he has to. Someone has to be able to see their their vices and virtues, their strong points and their weak points. I have never seen a politician get up there and say, I have all these weak points. You know, it's something you deal with in private. It's something you deal with. And you know what? I don't know. We have a lot of people actually do who are so they put themselves down all the time. I find it all refreshing. I find it refreshing. Anyway, what, what where do you want to go with this? Well, the media is constantly taking him down, even and they're lying ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, he has to have some sort of team that can, you know, can get back at Letitia James in two seconds when she's making these accusations, and he doesn't have that. And they're taking him down. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. He's got a team, by the way, but the team, like, he's got a great team, and they put stuff out all the time. Letitia James, it doesn't matter. I mean, look, they were going after him all the time. The team. Look, big tech is against him. Mainstream media are against him. And they're going to not publicize his response or certainly his team's response. And let's face it, he does a lot of the responding himself. It's going to be different this time, though. He doesn't have social media. All right, so you think his team should be doing more and? His team should be doing more, and they should have some sort of uh, immediate response sort of uh, team, whether it's on YouTube. Max, they have this stuff. They do. They have this stuff. It's It's Max, I'm sorry that's not getting to you. It is, I mean, getting out. It's a very noisy culture. There's a lot of stuff going on out there. You know, there's just in, you know, I'm sorry they haven't knocked on your door to tell you about this stuff, but I know some people on his team, they're good. They're putting stuff out all the time. And um, let's face it, though, it's cluttered, and they're not trying to help Donald Trump. They're not. They're trying to help his opposition. Max, I appreciate it. I got to go. Be back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This is a job 
for tens of millions of proud people working together from all across the land and from all walks of life, young and old, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, many of whom we have brought together for the very, very first time. One of the great moments of last night. I liked it a lot. I really did. And uh, he also said, uh, I will need your friendship. He said friendship. He asked for the friendship from the American people. I like that. He's right, by the way, of all these uh, these groups. You know, they, he got more votes. Nobody ever talks about this. They say, oh, he's racist. Uh, now, more black people voted for uh, Donald Trump than any Republican in human history, okay? Uh, and that's one of the reasons why Democrats are so terrified by him. I'm looking around uh, Axios, the Daily Beast, all these uh, fake news swamp websites. Uh, oh, he's it was terrible. He's a dud. He's this. It's all old news. No, wrong, 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 wrong. Uh, ooh, and the billionaires don't like him. Uh, the, you know what? The billionaires are jealous of him. They are so jealous of him. These billionaires are a very competitive uh, breed group. That's how they became billionaires in part. I told you about that Ken Griffin guy who is like um, nobody ever heard of him, and still most people don't know who he is. But he's trying to make himself a spectacle because he's such a boring guy. And um, now hes I see he's dressing like in a garish way. His name is Ken Griffin. He's like, you know, an accountant who got lucky. And now he's just uh, with the with the biggest apartment, which he totally overpaid for. But he did it on purpose. He bought a $300 million apartment on Central Park South so he could say he bought the most expensive apartment ever. So somebody will know who Ken Griffin is. Everybody knows who Bill Gates is. But nobody really knows who Ken Griffin is. And um, he's jealous of Trump uh, and these billionaires. Well, you know, Trump is only worth $5 billion. I'm worth uh, $50 billion, that kind of thing. Really drives Mike Bloomberg. And Mike Bloomberg and I, we go way back, and there's a lot I love about Mike Bloomberg. I love the guy, but, uh, yeah, no, he's, um, talk about a complicated. It's complicated. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Three-year-old kid shot and killed in Queens. Barely makes a dent anymore. Barely makes a dent. Wow. Well, here's two reasons why it's not uh, garnering more attention. Law enforcement was not involved. It looks like, yes, it looks like the young child, three, was uh, happened to be a well, a beautiful, beautiful kid. Gosh, a boy, three years old. Now, also uh, happens to be uh, happens to have been a person of color, and the assailant, the alleged assailant, we have that. Is it a person of color? I noticed something that uh, Black Lives Matter only seems to care when a black life is taken by a white cop, but every other black life, according to Black Lives Matter, seems to be most expendable, most unimportant. Wow. Barack Obama used to care about these lives. He used to talk about some of the issues plaguing uh, a community in this country. You know that 75% of black children born in America are born into one-parent households, i.e. the father is gone? 75%. That is a nightmarish figure. Nightmarish. It's it's as bad as bad. And what happens as a result? Terrible things. No authority figure in the house? Yes. Fathers, 
Male fathers tend to be authority figures. They should be, and they are. You don't have that. You got problems, big problems. They start small, and then they gather over time, and it leads to, well, an unusually high dropout rate, an unusually high incarceration rate, an unusually low life expectancy, all kinds of terrible, terrible things. But we won't talk about that because uh, Al Sharpton will get his feelings hurt. Yeah. We won't talk about that because uh, Chuck Schumer will feel awkward. Isn't that amazing? These basic truths that we can't confront in America. I'm so glad, I swear, I thank God that I do not need, crave, want the approval of the left. Unshackled. The New York Times. There was a time, oh my goodness, the New York Times. Well, we can't. Or anybody, quite frankly, any criticism. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. And I can't, I'm, look, I'm the, uh, I wasn't, you know, I could be intimidated. I was keeping my mouth shut for a long time. Well, you can't say that. You can't know. But it's true. But I know. But you can't know. No, no, no. Maybe government isn't the answer. No, shut up. Shh. Hey, Mitch McConnell just got reelected majority leader or minority leader. Yeah, minority leader. Oh, I'd like to thank the members for their continued confidence in whatever it is the hell I do in my suite of offices here at the Capitol, uh, my suite of offices throughout the state of Kentucky, and my many millions of dollars that I have access to both as the chairman of the Republican Congressional Committee and as the husband of Elaine Chow, who is a, a, well, a billionaire, thanks to her all of her family's business, that was conducted with communist China. That's Mitch McConnell. Four more years? How, how long does that guy get his job for? Guy's got a palace. Hey, by the way, so does Chuck Schumer. These people think they're Napoleon because they get these offices that are ludicrously big. That's the first thing we should do, actually. First thing we should do. Everybody get out of those offices. I don't know. I don't think they – I think they're way too ornate. They're way too palatial. And term limits, I think, would be a good thing. Then again, the swamp, gosh, so much of it, so much of it is unnecessary. It's gotten out of control. What do you mean by that? The men and women of the Agriculture Department. How can you say that about the men and women of the Justice Department, the men and women of the Department of Defense, the men and women of the State Department? I didn't vote for any of those men and women. They applied for a job and they got it. Now they think they're better than us. Now they think they're better than us, more powerful. Well, they are more powerful, it seems. Together they are. Um, Debbie, hello. Hey there. How are you? Fine, fine, fine. What's going on? This is the blind lady who sees with her mind and heart and who loves the Lord. Blind, did you say? Oh, I yeah, right. You read Braille too, though, right? Yep, and I but I like the audio books better. Well, hey, oh, by the way, my book is coming out on audio uh, January 10th. It's going to be a hell of a lot more honest and direct than Mike Pence. Unlike Mike Pence, I'm not afraid to raise questions about January 6th and what really happened. I got a whole chapter on it. It's called Justice for All, available wherever books are sold. You can pre-order it right now, including the audio version. Uh, again, Greg Kelly, Justice for All. Sorry to push my book as you uh, call no, in. and uh, right. um, <laughs> Tell I me like... more. So anyway... I'm in a nursing home. I uh, 
I'd, I'd like to say that I'm proud of uh, Donald Trump wanting to run, and I enjoyed his speech last night. They didn't play the whole thing on um, on uh, what's her name? Uh, Fox News. Rita Cosby. Rita on Cosby? WABC. They didn't. I don't believe it. Really, they dumped out of it. Why? I don't know. I, I guess she had a lot to talk about. Well, that's one thing I won't do. Um, you can't talk over President Trump during a speech. It is a no, very I, no. I, I enjoyed what I, I just. She just played the beginning of it, and I thought, is that all he said? Yeah, no. I would. Uh, I, I. It's one of the reasons why I stayed home last night. I wanted to see the whole speech, and I could not do that and produce my show at the same time. So I was. I took the night off from Newsmax. Um, because I knew I would not be able to see the whole thing, and I had to take it all in. I'm actually going to, excuse me, watch it again, because it's very important. Anyway, uh, so sorry about that. Anything else? Well, Trump, Mom used to say to me, don't leave a job half done, and he's got more to do where he left off and more to do. Yeah. Yes, I I agree, and I think he really is the only one. You know, everyone, oh, uh, um, DeSantis, they... I. I'm going to show tonight the fake news calling him a fascist. All right, so I, I they're, they're... can't get um, uh, Newsmax. Max, no, I don't know how to get it. Um, I'm tempted to ask uh, somebody in your nursing home to call me, and I I can tell you how to get it. It's possible. You have a cell phone? No, I don't. Hmm. How are you calling me right now on the landline? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Uh, don't they have computers for you guys at the nursing home? And by the way, how is life at the nursing home? Oh, I I like it. I came in here because I had a bad fall at Atria where, I, where my home is in Cranford. And I fell and I fractured my right ankle. And man, that hurt. Oh, I'm sorry about that. So my doctor had to put me in here because he used to work here at the nursing home in Clark. All right. Uh, well, that sounds like you're, you know, all right. You're nice. I'm sorry. Are you going to get out? Is this temporary because of the broken ankle? Yeah, I don't know when I'm going home, though. All right. Look, I know they have a computer at the nursing home, right? They have a computer you can use? Um, I don't know how to run a computer. No, no, no. Come on, Debbie. Don't give me you can't do this, that, and the other thing. You can do plenty. You can read Braille. That takes a hell of a lot of skill. Uh, get somebody to do this, all right? All they got to do is put in NewsmaxTV.com, NewsmaxTV.com, and it comes right up. It's very user-friendly, actually. A lot of other places, you got to register, you got to put a password, you got to do this. All you got to do is NewsmaxTV.com, have somebody do it for you, or you can type it in, and uh, it'll be right there. I'm on every night at 10 o'clock, um, if you think about it. But I don't want to put you out. And, um, I mean, you, it's a decent nursing home. You know, sometimes you see these nursing homes on the news. Uh, but I, I'm getting homesick for Atria. Okay. All right. Debbie, how old are you? I'm 71. Oh, you're a spring chicken. You got, you're going to be 100. I feel old, but I, I'm starting, I started walking last Friday. And, well, it still hurts, you know, but I guess each day. Okay, well, hang in there, and uh, I agree with you about the speech. I'm sorry we cut it off here, and I'm going to ask you to ask somebody in that nursing home to do me a favor, set up the TV or set up the computer, 
I mean, I think it's a federal law. You guys have got to have access to computers in the nursing home, okay, to register for stuff like that, right? In uh, in in Atria, we were trying to get um, – we used to have computer classes, but they didn't have anything that was accessible for me that I, I couldn't get – Less, they couldn't put a speech thing on the, their computer at Atria. All right. Well, this speech, it does all the talking for you. It does all the f- talking for you. If uh, somebody can give you a hand and um, all right. But you're being well cared for, you told me. Right, Debbie? You're, everything's good there? Well, I still hurt. I was doing some occupational therapy and marching in place a little bit. And um, All right. But the staff well, is taking care of you? much. The staff is right. taking the staff is good, right? Yeah, there a lot of them were born again. Amen. Amen to that. Thank you very much. Uh thank you, Debbie. Yep, smiley voice. All right. See you later. Um Jerry in Chicago. Let's do one more. Hi, Greg. Thanks, buddy, for taking my call. I enjoy your show. Thanks. Okay, I'm calling about that pompous ass Bill O'Reilly. Oh, stop it. Hold on, hold on. Calm down. Calm down. All right? Number one, we don't use words like that about Bill O'Reilly. He's a good friend of mine. He is. Um, uh, he changed broadcasting for the better and uh, the most successful author. You can learn a lot from him. You can disagree with him, fine, but uh, he's a friend of mine, and I want you to be respectful about whatever it is you have to say next. Okay, Jerry? Oh. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. I, I appreciate apologize. It. Appreciate if, it. No if problem. I, if I hurt your feelings, I apologize. Easy there, Jerry. I sense you're being a little bit sarcastic. And now you're being a wise guy. All right. So I'm this close to hanging up on you. So look, people can people can disagree with me and or Bill O'Reilly, but we do it respectfully because he's part of the WABC family. No one's feelings are hurt, uh, Jerry, except okay. potentially yours. But go ahead. Okay. All right. Thank you. He, he came on his program the other day, and he is already saying that Donald Trump's going to be 210 electoral votes in the hole because he rattled off all of these states that aren't going to vote for Donald Trump. So with, with information like that going out, what kind of chance does Donald Trump have in winning? Oh, my goodness gracious. He has I – mean, <laughs> listen – I love Bill O'Reilly. As I told you, and as he called into this show uh, last week, he said, Greg, you were right. I was wrong. I said he was going to win. I said it on June 16th, 2015. I said it out loud. Bill O'Reilly said he's not going to make it past New Hampshire. And uh, he owned it. He's It's true. Uh, the very few people understand politics. I did not hear what you're saying, Jer- what he said, Jerry. So I'm going to have to take you know, I Maybe something was lost in translation. Are you sure he got all that? I don't think two, I don't think he would be down 210 electoral votes. I don't think that's actually possible. But, Jerry, uh, thanks. You're going to disagree with people on talk radio all the time, even the people you like. Uh, right? Fair enough? Fair enough. All right. Enjoy Chicago. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, we went to uh, we're we're on our way to the moon. Is that right? Uh, no, no astronauts are inside, but we're sending a great big space uh, ship up there, and it launched uh, last night. Can I hear it? Go ahead. And here we go. Ten. Hydrogen burnoff igniters initiate. Seven, six, five, four stage engine start. Three, two, one. Boosters in ignition. And liftoff of Artemis One. 
we rise together back to the moon and beyond. Wow. Awesome sound. All four RS-25 engines on the core stage and two solid rocket boosters now propelling the vehicle at 128 miles per hour. Who's that? Did you say 128 miles per hour? That doesn't sound that fast to me. No, it's warming up. It's getting faster and faster and faster. Well, that's pretty cool. No astronauts inside, but that's Artemis 1. And it's uh, Artemis is the sister of Apollo. And now we are going back to the moon. That's the plan. This um, this was supposed to launch in, when was that? Uh, sometime over the summer. Remember, it rained a bunch, and they had a problem with one of the uh, with the rocket. So it was postponed till now. And, uh, it oh, it launched at night. you got to see it online. It's an amazing sight, uh, just seeing that big, massive flame plume at night. This is the largest rocket ever, they tell me. This is a bigger rocket than the one that they used in Apollo that took us actually to the moon back then. So this is a bigger, better rocket. Um, no people inside. They do have crash test dummies, though. They have a couple of crash test dummies. I'm sure one is transgender, and I'm sure one is, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and we are sending people. When do people get to go back? Not until 2024. Hmm. Well, pretty soon that'll be next year. So um, and this all all of this stuff has been way, 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 way late, way late. I mean, they've, they've been talking about going back to the moon for a long time. Well, you know how many people are alive who've been to the moon? Four. Four. And I'm actually jealous that it looks like people are going to be going. I mean, why am I jealous? I want to be one of those people. I would love to do it. Although I suppose you would get pretty bored pretty quick. Um, but it's great. It's great. We have not been in deep space as a country since 1972. By the way, we've sent all kinds of probes to the moon since Apollo. We've got actually a satellite revolving around the moon right now. And it takes pictures of the moon. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Don't we have enough? I don't, I, there, it almost seems like we've got all the pictures we could ever want of the moon. But it's up there right now taking even more pictures. And one of the pictures it's taken, and this is actually incredibly eerie and cool, and you can go online and find them, pictures taken recently of the Apollo 11 landing site in 1969. They take it from... I don't know, like 100 miles above, pictures. And you can actually see the footsteps because the cameras are so great. All the stuff that we left there, you know, we left the bottom of the, the rocket and a bunch of junk up there, quite frankly. Um, it's it's still there, and you can see it. You can see the pictures, and I think it's so eerie and cool. Um, and I know one of the astronauts who might who might get to go to the moon. I don't want to jinx it. Oh, by the way, the first mission, Artemis two, I should say the second mission, they're not going to get to walk on the moon. It's a flyby. It's just like uh, Apollo 8. does seem like we should have colonized the moon a long time ago. Trump mentioned last night, we will go to Mars and put the flag on Mars, and that would be fantastic, too. Although it's going to be almost not as cool as going to the moon because, I don't know. Do you know where Mars is when you look up at the sky at night? I don't. I don't know how to find Mars, but I do know how to find the moon on most nights. All right, Sandra, hello. Hello, Greg. Um, I um, wanted to tell you how I thought the president came across, well, Donald Trump, 
him cross. I felt that he deserves an A because it was like the good old times when he spoke. It was very presidential. He was dignified. He had a nice flow when he spoke. He hit on so many important points. Mm -hmm. So he gets an A. And I just want to make one quick comment about Pence. I was watching him this morning. I was getting dizzy. He moves back and forth when he speaks. And I found that to be very annoying. But that's just a little thing I wanted to say. But I also wanted to say, here we go again with the post, you know, tearing Trump apart. Yeah. The Murdochs, you know, you, 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 know, you want to hear something that I learned? The Murdochs, you know, Rupert Murdoch's father was one of the officers on the Titanic. Did you know that? I don't think that's true. Well, he was on that boat, and he was one of those men driving that ship. I don't think that's. I, I I don't think that's true. I know his father was actually a pretty decent war correspondent at one point. He he covered the war. I think in Gallipoli, he was a pretty. Uh, I don't know that. I've never heard that. I think I would have heard that by now, uh, Sandra. That might be a little bit of fake news. It's out there. We got to be. We got to be wary of it. But uh, look, hey, I'm no fan of what the New York Post is doing. I love the New York Post two-thirds of the time, and then a third of the time it just breaks my heart. Hey, by the way, the New York Post did the nastiest story, get this, about a janitor at some school in upper Manhattan. And you know what they got him on? Throwing away household trash. Apparently this poor guy who commutes from Pennsylvania, right, doesn't want to pay the $35 trash fee in his hometown, so he brings the trash with him and throws it in the dumpster at work. Well, this was a big story for the New York Post. They had the guy on camera. They had his picture in the paper. They, all of his, I mean, are you kidding me? This is, this is what they go after. You know, they go after the little people. They go after people who can How dare they? How dare? I got to find that guy. I got to find that man, and I think his name is in the paper, and so is his picture. You know what I mean, Sandra? I don't like that stuff. All right, Sandra, thank you so much. I got to – Sal, you've been on hold for a million years. I'm sorry. Say something. Hey, Greg, the only true friend that Donald Trump had, he had two, three true friends. No, he has two, Greg Kelly and uh, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, <laughs> and God rest his soul, Bernie McGurk. Well, it's an honor to be in that trio. But don't forget the American people, too. And you, too, Sal. Thank you so much. I'll see you tonight at 10. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.